Greetings, Commanders! I'm your host, Ben Moss Woodward, otherwise known as Commander Adel Weiss, and welcome to our last Eurogamer 2015 show. Today, I was lucky enough to interview one of Elite Dangerous's streamers and dastardly pirate, Hyperdruid. I was also able to interview Barry from Special Effect, who are a fabulous charity that help disabled people play video games again, and were the charity that the Elite Dangerous community supported at the Elite Dangerous premiere event last year. And finally, I got to speak to Adam Woods, who sadly couldn't answer any of my questions, but we had a great fun time anyway. Once again, please note that all of this was recorded live at EGX, so the sound quality might not be so great at parts. And we're on day four of EGX Live. I'm now joined by Hyperdruid, who is a relatively active streamer on About Elite Dangerous, otherwise known as Zach. So do you want to introduce yourself, tell us a little about where you come from and all that kind of stuff? I'm uh, from London. I currently study digital film at university, so I'm just spending my spare time having a good time with the community in Elite Dangerous. <laughs> so what about you? what's your background in Elite and the Elite universe? Um, I played EVE Online for a uh, better part of six years, and after the community died on that, sort of Elite Dangerous has sprung up uh, like towards the end of that, so it's just not a natural sort of way to go straight after them. So have you played any of the earlier Elite games or anything like that? You might be a little bit too young for them, I'm guessing. Embarrassingly not, I haven't played any of the Elite games, uh, so <laughs> on that front I'm not that covered in the sort of lore and stuff. I try to keep up with it, but there's a lot to go along, isn't there? There's an awful lot. I mean, I'm assuming you know the basics about the Thargoids and the different factions and things like that. Yeah, yeah, so Thargoids, I'm definitely excited and a little bit scared of when, they, when they're going to arrive. That's going to be a, a nervy moment in Elite Dangerous, isn't it? I think it definitely will be. So what got you into streaming, just streaming in general, and then how did you get from streaming into streaming Elite Dangerous? Uh, I started streaming a game called Planetary Annihilation. Uh, that's got Twitch integrated into it. And from there, just sort of my community wanted more space games as opposed to a variety. So it started with EVE Online, which is a difficult one to stream. And then straight after that, that's when I got into Elite Dangerous. And then the community has sort of received it very well. <laughs> really, really well. Oh, that's good. So, I mean, EVE is obviously it's a, it's a beautiful game, but it's maybe not quite so action-oriented are you finding the action okay in Elite, or are you, what are you playing on? I mean, it's absolutely immersive. It's sec- the second you get going in, in Elite Dangerous is when you're sat in the cockpit as soon as you launch. It's, it's more engrossing than EVE Online ever was, even when you're playing PvP in the highest amount of numbers of players. It's four, four on four is just as immersive as that is. So you got into Elite what, during the Kickstarter or the beta process, yes? During uh, well, late 2014, so actually quite late on compared to everyone else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's basically just before the game came live then, yes? Yeah, it must have been, yeah. So just sort of in that sort of area. And what are you currently flying in the game? Currently I fly a Clipper, an Imperial Clipper, and also the Third Lance. But hey, who doesn't love the Clipper? And who doesn't love the Third Lance? Yeah, that's true. And they're both the pair of lovely ships. Yeah. What, what kind of things do you like doing in the game then? Well, we call it professional cargo redistribution which is piracy you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but you've got to be more formal about it if you want to start a business you can't you can't you can't tell everybody it's piracy it doesn't work out so, will you be joining taking part in the code versus Hutton orbital muggers on the 3rd of october then yeah could be an awesome thing to stream it's yeah real- yeah i'm up for that i mean I've, like i said i won't be live the entirety of this week and next week so i'll try to cover as much as possible if, if any events are going down i'm definitely up for coming well, there's definitely that's going to be a big one that the Hutton Orbital guys are doing um, and then there's a few other things if you look in the mayhem list yeah. of stuff there's I mean there's loads of events but I think that one with the, the, the code versus Hutton should be really good fun and then there's another one where Hutton Orbital are going off and doing their almost like Battlestar Galactica where you jump 
three minutes later, jump, three yeah. minutes, jump, and we're trying to get the convoy of mugs to a research station, apparently, uh, and en route we're expecting to be pirated by members of Code and various other independent factions. Yeah, the yeah, professional cargo redistributors will be there. We can give you a hand with that cargo you got there. That's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think it's good. I mean, it's actually... Having pirates in the game, I th- I've always thought, is an awesome thing. So long as the pirates are, as I would describe, an honourable pirates. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, that's basically the, that's what we do. I mean, we won't, we don't really tend to kill on sight. If somebody's going to kind of combat log or head in that sort of direction, we will kill them. But we try to have a conversation, try to make it kind of a, a role play sort of environment, opposed to just mindlessly blowing up trade ship up, trade ship up. Because what's the point in that? <laughs> Nobody likes offline pilots. Let's be honest. I mean, an offline pirate, an offline pirate, or a pirate who drives a player offline, it's just discouraging everything from the game, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't see the point. I mean, I had the, I've had the receiving end of it, and it just demotivates, especially if somebody's trading for, you know, ten hours or whatever, and then they lose, you know, a few million here or there. Just, everything. Well, everything, yeah, and it's just no fun for people, and I don't see the point of just mindlessly killing people because I would hate it. And it's funnier, it's funnier to shout at them that you're part of a special sort of organisation they're not quite getting it but they end up over their car going to go on the merry way by the end of it they've had a good time <laughs> what sort of a good time <laughs> you've, you've improved their game experience rather yeah, than yeah. you know it's given them a story to talk about and that's what that's what makes Elite it's the stories yeah I mean that's definitely it it's, it's a sandbox and you know that's where you've got to kind of go into it and make what you want to do happen don't just kind of sit on the sides and you can sit on the side and do whatever you want, but it's definitely about getting stuck in with everyone else, all the other players and communities, uh, especially with you know, player versus player or you know, player with player sort of environments. Well, the Hudson Orbital guys are very into the PWP stuff, so yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree there. So, obviously we're coming up into Elite Dangerous Horizons and the whole Season 2 stuff. Hopefully at some point after that, we're going to be getting the ability to actually get out of a chair and things like that. How do you see piracy benefiting from being actually able to leave your seat? Uh, well, for sure, especially with multi-crew ships, um, it's going to be easier to communicate with other people whilst piloting. I find typing to somebody whilst flying is a little bit difficult and you lose a lot of time with that sort of stuff where you can have a co-pilot sort of organise. The sort of... Uh, you're not, using teams, you're not using TeamSpeak and stuff like that. Oh, to talking yeah, to, to talking players. to another yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that makes sense, right? Sorry, yeah, got I you. Find that would be really, that would be really, really good. Um, and hey, if you get out of your seat, you can make a cup of coffee for your friend. <laughs> Who doesn't love coffee? <laughs> and energy drinks. <laughs> and energy drinks, yeah, sure. We go to, go to the fridge, get me a, uh, an energy drink from the back there. Yeah, well, we've been living off energy drinks at EGX, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of energy drinks here. And they're pretty good, actually. It's actually, it's... it's Let's give these guys a plug. Yeah, it's, t- it's a tornado, isn't it? Yeah, it's tornado so, energy. Yeah. Tornado have been throwing out energy drinks all over the place, and hey, you guys got yourself an advert now on live radio. Yay! <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, it looks pretty good. And tastes good. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I'm, I'm really looking forward to is I've got, I've got this vague fantasy in Elite where I want to shoot out somebody's engines, dock up my ship to their ship, fight my way into their airlock like blast it up or something like that however you ha- or hack into it or whatever yeah. or maybe it's just a button I don't know whatever they do and then I want to have a gunfight in somebody else's eagle or type 6 or whatever I think I, I, lo- I would oh I'd love uh, that kind of idea yeah I know that is literally the dream isn't it it's that once you've got that sort of level of immersion it's going to be 
Who needs who needs to go in the real world? I don't need the real world. I've got, I've got I've got everything I need in game right now. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to being able to board other people's ships and get get close quarters with them. Say hello to their other pilots. <laughs> so I mean, let's let's pretend you can do all this and you can shoot somebody in the head or whatever. What would you say the game should do to your victim? You know, they've you've basically you've shot them. Or we'll pretend they get ejected out of the airlock. But do you think they should? literally lose everything or should they be back in their ship or should they be back in the ship should you be able to steal their ship what do you think the game should do just just speculating here I mean for me I could understand like games play where if they lose everything kind of demotivates people but I love that sort of you can board somebody's ship in you know your multi-crew leave somebody inside your ship one of the crew members goes on their ship boards it and steals it and you can trade it in for a profit that would be kind of really interesting um, but from gameplay I don't know how you can manage because insurance-wise, would you be able, would, would somebody have to claim on their insurance if they got stolen by pirates? You can you can claim on insurance for stolen cars, so I guess you could. Yeah. Um, but I mean, do you think you should also you know what about maybe being able to launder a stolen or launder a pirated ship so that you know obviously your pirate a ship gets recognised and it's flags as hot everywhere. Yeah. But if you can maybe launder it, then that anaconda you've just boarded and stolen becomes yours. I mean, is that something you'd like to see or do you think that's a little bit too OP? See, I like really like the idea. Obviously, it should be at a reduced rate. Obviously, you can black market. It's going to be a slight knockoff of the car, isn't it? I mean, yeah, that's a really good idea. Um, mm, it just works, yeah, it just works out if somebody's claiming one on insurance and also trading it in. That's when you've kind of got a bit of an imbalance. But, yeah, um, I would like to see it happen from my perspective. I'd love that because that, that's going to be super fun being able to steal people's ships and trade them in because... Who doesn't want to do that? That's the ultimate level of piracy. I mean, it's one of the things I love doing in Grand Theft Auto and so on. And you know, I, I kind of picture Elite as Grand Theft Auto writ large. Yeah, you've named, you nailed it there. That is, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, GTA is just the mindless running around, doing whatever you want. And yeah, stealing cars. Who doesn't want to steal a spaceship? Especially, like you said, just blowing somebody's airlock, busting in with your guns blazing, and shooting them all down, and then just... Having a good going off with your merry loop, which is the whole ship and cargo. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely it. Uh, that's fantastic. That will. That'll be really fantastic. Yeah. And how are you finding the support that you're getting from Frontier, encouraging you with your Twitch streams and things like that? I mean, with that side, Elite Dangerous, uh, well, yeah, Frontier, uh, one of the first sort of large, you know, game development companies that are kind of bringing in smaller size streamers because you know you see the bigger games with like the thousands of viewer streamers and I can understand why they support those but you don't really see somebody like around my sort of size get that support from a games company of this size um, I think it's just phenomenal it's going to work out on both parties I mean the Frontier are going to develop on it uh, benefit from it uh, no end so yeah I can definitely see that working out on both parties uh, yeah, in every single way <laughs> and just to wrap this up then so thanks for joining me very much Zach and where can people find you Where's your Twitch stream, and what other ways do you interact with your community? Well, you find me on Twitch TV at uh, twitch.tv slash hyperdruid. Uh, we also have a Twitter page at thehyperdruid. Uh, that, that's where I update on all that competitions, any sort of community events that are going on. Um, and you find me just in other people's Elite Dangerous streams, really. <laughs> and around like that, I mean, message me on Twitch if you want to ask any questions, say you want to start streaming or need any advice in game, um, and just meet up with me. We do Wing Wednesdays, uh, so on every single Wednesday stream, you can come meet up with me, we can do killing capital ships or to go pirating together or whatever whatever you want to do um, we can make that sort of work and have a good time with everyone so that's Hyperdruid H-Y-P-E-R 
no spaces, no no anything. No, nah, no spaces, that's exactly Then yeah. Druid, D-R-U-I-D. Yeah, that's exactly All right, yeah. awesome. Well, thanks a lot for joining me then, Zach. Thank you for having me. Absolutely wicked. So I'm now being joined by Barry from Special Effect, and they're showing off a whole load of the tech that they're adding on to PCs to help players with disabilities. Hi, uh, nice to meet you. So today we've got uh, the iControl Minecraft. And we'll d okay to go through them one by one? I've not had a go of any of it yet. Okay, so the iControl Minecraft over there, we've developed the, the, the grid that sits in behind the Minecraft game itself. And using a camera on the front of the laptop, we'll pick up the light from the retina of the eye, beams back in, and works with that software. So anything you can do with a joypad or, or um, a keyboard with Minecraft, you can actually do just using your eyes. Now, um, it's, it's not quite as fast as you would do with a joypad, but for people with disabilities that have never played a game before or they've never played Minecraft before, they're back in the game and they're playing again and they can enjoy it as much as anybody else. That's awesome. Is it a regular camera or is it a specialised camera? It's a, a specialised camera. It's a two-way camera, but it can be bought on the open market. So they were originally used for direct marketing purposes to track eye movements over websites, over, over mailings that you had sent. Uh, but we, with Mick, our founder, um, has reversed it, helped the company to reverse it. So it works in two ways and interacts with the software that we've in, in introduced as well. That sounds awesome. So what other things are you showing? So moving along, we've got the iGaze VR. That's something that we've just introduced. That's using the Oculus Rift. And again, we've put a, a grid in there. So it's a very simple game that Isaac over there is playing. And it's basically you can walk around using the, the, the joypad, the analog on the joypad, but, uh, and uh, the trigger button. But by looking around, you can actually see the boxes that you're shooting. So you're just blowing boxes up in a courtyard. But it's very, very simple, but effective. And it gives people a taste of the, the eye-controlled stuff that's come on the VR. And moving further along onto the far left, we have chin-controlled Mario Kart. So that's basically an analog joystick set up on a bracket and using large buttons that are easier to press, they've got more giving them than a joypad button. It means people with any weakness in the hand, for instance, uh, people suffering from advanced motor neurone or spinal muscular atrophy or a number of other conditions, makes the buttons far more accessible to them. And by using their chin, they can actually steer the little Mario Kart around the course. Sounds odd, takes a little bit of getting used to, but people on here have been doing fast laps in no time at all. You say it takes no takes a bit of time getting used to, but yeah, I know I was trying Elite on the gamepad, which I've never done, and I was I was crashing into everything. So I think everything takes time to get used to. Well, that's my usual docking procedure. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I should mention Barry is currently actually wearing an Elite Dangerous lanyard. <laughs> I'm one of the worst worst Elite pilots <laughs> commanders in the universe. But um, aside from that, I mean. This is a really, really small um, part of the technology that we use. And to be honest, every case we go to is different. So we have a small team of occupational therapists and technology specialists who usually visit people in their own home. They'll work with that person to find out the best movement they have available to them. And we'll leave them a technical setup according to that movement. We'll check in with them on a regular basis to make sure they're still happy with that, with their setup. And if they're not, we'll come out and modify it. Now. With, with instances, like if we're working with somebody with motor neurone disease or spinal muscular atrophy or a progressive condition, we'll have to call in on them regularly to make sure that um, the, they've not lost the movement and that setup is still appropriate for their needs. I mean, how advanced games can you actually get onto this? Because obviously you're showing off Minecraft 
and things which are relatively simple, but could you get into something as, as crazy silly as Elite with some of these, or would that be a little bit beyond where you are at the moment? At the moment, I mean, because I'm an Elite player myself, I pay more attention to it than, than most people, but I'm figuring that with Oculus Rift, a combination of Ocu Oculus Rift, voice attack, and some modifications, at some point in the future, we will be there with Elite. That would be so cool. I mean, I know I've actually got a video on YouTube where I'm fully controlling an anaconda using voice attack. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> which I, it's, I wouldn't want to take it into a dogfight, but it is doable. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, that's the thing, is, is whether we could get the, um, the speed element in, introduced um, and some of the more complex manoeuvres. But who would have thought that we'd be using the eye control VR uh, seven, five, five, six, seven years ago? There's no reason why the, the technology can't come on and we can adapt it to, to uh, be introduced into Elite as well. I would love to see it. So are there any other technologies? You've obviously got the eye control stuff. Is there any other technologies that are coming out which you're maybe looking at to help, help people out even more? Um, we're, we're always looking at new hardware that will help people. Um, hardware we're more giving it. I mean, some of the work that we do is as simple as stripping down a joypad and clipping out the little plastic from the analog just to free it up and make it easier to manoeuvre. In, in a lot of cases, that's the difference between somebody being able to play a game and not being able to play a game. Um, but in terms of the, the advances, we've got a, a, the Mick, our founder, and Bill Donegan, our research and development uh, guy, are always on the lookout for, for new technologies as they develop. And we've got enough friends within the, the techno IT industry and the gaming industry now for them to alert us to when something comes out that we might be able to use. So are you getting much support, say, from companies like Madcats then and things like that then? Um, most of our support, um, financial support, comes from the various games industry uh, partners who have put Humble Bundle packages on for us. We have support from various uh, members of the Elite community, um, Jagexter, the makers of RuneScaper, are really uh, good supporters of their Game Blast um, event in uh, February every year, uh, which is a weekend of mar gaming marathons. So that's what I'm hoping we're going to get more of the Elite community involved in for 2016. But with the, we've enjoyed loads and loads of support from both the games industry and the wider gaming community. So we're, we're very fortunate in that way. And just to finish up, can you tell us a little bit more about where Special Effect came from and then where we can also find you just to get even more information? Yeah, absolutely. So where we came from, we were founded in 2007. Uh, Mick Donegan, uh, Dr. Mick Donegan, is one of the world's leading authorities in assistive technology. Um, he had seen a, a gap in the care system through nobody's fault just because the, the, the money wasn't there um, to do it. So people... Uh, their main needs were looked after, so they thought, but there was no fun or an element of inclusion in their life necessarily. And what we try and do is introduce that, so it gives people something to look forward to. Uh, for a lot of people who've never played a game before with family and friends, we give them the opportunity to do that. Some, some of the guys that we work with even go online and play, whereas you're not Barry with a disability anymore, you're just good old Barry playing a game online. Um, so. Mick worked uh, mainly in education, he's an academic, he worked in assistive technology and education and thought we can do this for fun um, and it's just taken off from there really and uh, snowboard. Um, in terms of, sort of where we're going, well 
we'll only get to a certain size because at the moment we're working with about 450 people a year on a face-to-face basis which if you look at how small our service delivery team is we're punching well above our weight and driving an awful lot of miles every month but um, we don't, we, don't so we usually react if we get a call or an email we're usually out there within two two weeks of getting that so the response time is good we want to try and cut that down even more um, but yeah we want to try and keep it small and personal at the moment the great thing about it is even guys like me are friends with guys like Tom Clark who down in Froome has got spinal muscular atrophy on a personal level so we're small enough as a charity to be able to be friendly with the people that we work with and stay friends with a lot of the guys in the gaming industry as well so um, and we'll take it up to I don't know it's really a mixed head as to how big we're going to get but we're never going to be an Oxfam or an SPCC and likewise you're never going to see any of our people out on the streets trying to get people to do direct debits or any of that sort of stuff we'll stay friendly we'll make friends we'll keep doing what we're doing and it's worked so far and I hope it will carry on going into the future and where about do you guys have a website or how can we people do. contact you okay so it's at www.specialeffect.org.uk that's www.specialeffect.org.uk um, yeah and we're on there there's also loads and loads of their videos on YouTube if you just Google spe- uh, YouTube special effects you'll get there straight away print right, well, thank you very much then Barry thank you very much indeed Cheers. I'm now being joined by Adam Woods who's one of the producers on Elite Dangerous can you tell us anything about what you're actually working on at the moment um, well in particular I'm I'm working with the guys uh, on the gameplay side of things um, obviously I can't go into too much detail about that because that's one of the things that we're, we will be revealing um, but yeah so I'm working on that and I'm constantly being stunned by what we're doing with it it's absolutely amazing it really is this is the gameplay for Horizons I'm assuming yes yeah yeah so so thinking about the, the new things that we'll be bringing yeah I mean one of the things that Sandy and Mike confirmed what well pseudo confirmed at least was we've got the multi crew coming in yeah and that sounds really awesome yep. are you able to go into any detail into that not any more than they've already gone into right it, yeah um, they did it was mentioned and we've seen as well about the when you leave your ship it's going to go under some kind of control yeah um what makes sense to my mind is i've got a crew member who is technically controlled by the computer who I might have hired and maybe he's the one flying my ship are you able to say anything around this or is it just like we have ships flying around and you know some mythical being is flying it yeah again unfortunately I can't really go into that much detail about the future things yet Um, needless to say there will be more details coming out and you guys will always be on the forefront of knowing what's happening um but needless to say, it's all very, very exciting stuff. Are you able to describe the gameplay of actually coming from space and getting into the planet? Uh, I'm trying to think of questions I can ask you that yeah, you can't answer. It's really tricky. I know. The, the majority of that has been spoken about already is, is all I can sort of reiterate say, on, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the moment. So, I mean, okay, so what we know about it at the moment is it's going to be seamless. You're coming from... So super cruise to orbital orbital cruise to planetary flight or planetary flight bodies. And there's going to be a separate thing for when we're actually in atmosphere as well. It sounds like that's 
building upon the building upon the the airless the stuff. Yeah, yeah. So obviously that's the first step. Um, and I can say that I, I mean I I have been looking at the transitions in the office recently between those kind of areas. That's one one of my uh, focuses, and it is looking it's looking really nice so far. Yeah. So I'm, I'm quite excited about about the. Uh, the more detail that we'll be able to go into it when we start releasing more stuff um, it's, it's looking really good yeah I mean I think it was Mike that said if no Sandy said that if we want to face plant to planet we can yeah yeah so, yeah it's awesome. yeah yeah absolutely the, the the danger and the kind of uh, the, the, the not so much hand holding that you've all grown to understand that elite doesn't really hand hold your hand that much uh, it's still there you know it's still the same style of the game it's still the same feeling uh, it's just now a whole new world, a whole new horizon, pun intended completely. <laughs> I'm guessing you can't say a lot about the buggies, the Scarab and things like that, and other vehicles. Um, um, no, not really. No. Um, you might be able to answer this. We know that we're going to have fighter bays and separate hangars for our vehicles. Yeah. Can you say whether they're going to be going into, well... Is it going to be a class N thing for fighters, class N minus M for vehicles, and will it be a generic bay that fits? So if, say it's a class 3, anything with a class 3 will be able to hold that bay. Can you say anything about that? Um, I, I think I know, but I'm not 100% sure, so I don't want to lead you down the wrong avenue on that one so i'm gonna say no i can't talk about it just yet fair enough then yeah, sorry about this. <laughs> it's cool um it's so, it's still so sort of, co- of course it is we want to get it out in the right in the right way so so what can i ask you about um, have i enjoyed the show have you enjoyed egx <laughs> i have really enjoyed it i've only been here today sunday was the only day that i came down but it's so humbling to see everyone come into play um, from from the guys of I've watched one guy. He's literally just gone around and around and around in circles. Um, I think he might actually still be playing. Uh, that, that would probably be Dan, yeah, who's gone around the god mode. To people that haven't even, you know, they, they they've only heard about Elite Dangerous. They don't actually know what it is. Um, and then of course we've got the the really good cracking Vive kit sitting over there, which is awesome. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's lovely. Yeah. And I did hear that you got beaten by a new player on the Xbox, apparently. Um, well. There are rumours that he wasn't new. There's rumours that he's uh, an old-time player, that just in a in a young person's skin. So uh, that's the story I'm going with. And it was only by uh, like 50, 100 points. So two kills, and I would have had him. And I th- it's one thing that I was concentrating on yesterday was looking for members of the younger generation. Yeah. And I think it's so exciting just seeing how all these teenagers and and younger are loving the game. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it, we, it, it's at a time where PC gaming is becoming less restricted to players. Um, so at the beginning of the year, I think we were seeing new, younger people coming across on the PC platform anyway. But then adding in the Xbox One side of it as well, which kind of has a general, a slightly lower age group anyway, that's also it re-engaged these, these young people that... Um, haven't really played games like this before you know it's a, it's a new style almost again we're, we're sort of breaking the, the boundary again and it's it's awesome I mean it's something that I was getting as feedback from people oh, sorry Adam it's something that I was getting from feedback from some of the people who are new on the Xbox was there are so many buttons 
but they've played things, I think, like Battlefield. Yeah. And they're saying it's quite similar to that. So because they're used to Battlefield, yeah. they're used to this yeah. and they can, they can cope with it. Absolutely. Mike Evans, are, are one of our designers, the, the guy that's sort of in control of the controllers, no pun intended. <laughs> um, he spent a lot of time sort of honing it down and, and trying, to, trying to get it just right for, for the Xbox. And with the context switching where you can hold the face button and then change the idea, I think that although people were a bit worried about the overwhelming number of buttons that you need, it works really well. And people have been able to sit down and just pick it up. Because on the face of it, all the buttons do the core actions. And then as you progress through the game, you start to learn more about the context side of things. And it's all there just ready for you to, to start using. And of course, now it's on PC as well. People that are playing with the pads on the PC can benefit from that same same uh, feature. Yeah. I mean, it's, I thought everybody I've spoken to pretty much said they would love to see a hard ass on an Xbox. Add me to that list. Yeah. Um, I think everybody wants that. Yeah. We, we, need to, we need to petition SciTech or something. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I mean, looking back in the past, there have been peripherals open for console. Uh, I think the 360 had a, a flight stick for um, Ace Combat, I think it was. And obviously you get steering wheels and stuff. So, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe one of the companies are in talks with Xbox and they're going to get a flight stick out or something. It'd be awesome if, if they would, because uh, I'd, I'd lap it up for one, for sure. I mean, I, th I do think once we get the... Once we get a uh, hot ass on the on the Xbox, who cares what system you're playing on? Yeah, it it, 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 it kind of melds melds the two things together. It's not really to do with platform anymore. It's about just enjoying the game, however you have access to it. Be it on a, a low end PC, high end PC, an Xbox One, or even you know Mac as well. So, yeah. Can you say anything about ships? I really want the Corvette. <laughs> but also, ships aren't, aren't my, they're not under my part of production. Ships are part of um, Eddie Simon's uh, part, so I don't really know the nitty gritties. I only get to see the sort of peak of the week and stuff and go, that Corvette looks amazing and I want it. So, yeah. So, going more on the Imperial line. No, it's the Federal Corvette, isn't it? It's so, the, yeah, that's uh, Falcon de Lacey. Yeah. No. Core Dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so yeah. And the... Yeah. That'll be the Imperial Cutter, isn't it? Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're so, both going to be massive ships. They're going to be on the bigger scale. Yeah, yeah. That's what I really want. I want to be in my Corvette with a couple of wingmen in like a couple of eagles and stuff and, and get that feeling of like an Armada. You know, I'm, I'm like the centrepiece. But then the, the, the smaller guys actually do the work. <laughs> well, I, I want to be in my Corvette or something like that and have my guys in my cockpit fly, firing my turrets, controlling my energy, whatever you guys are going to be doing with it. That's what I, I'm yeah. so looking forward to that. Yeah. Lots of people at the office are looking forward to multi-crew. Absolutely. I think it will add a, a new dynamic to already existing kind of uh, gameplay and, and, and parts of the game will be sort of have another another edge to them, you know, with, with the multi-crew. So it'll be very interesting seeing how that comes along. Something you may be able to answer, but probably not, is so let's say I'm in multi-crew, yeah. I've got, I'm in my anaconda with a couple of guys, yeah. and I'm also winged up with, say, another two, other, two or three other people. Yeah. Will that count as a wing of four, or will that, because there's going to be four people plus two in my anaconda, so it's going to be six? Yeah. Is that anything you can say anything about? I can't, only because we haven't really, it's going to be a very fine balance to make sure that all the different elements work. So wings, uh, obviously the back-end kind of instancing side of it, and also overarching the gameplay. The gameplay needs to be balanced so that it's 
it works just right. You know, we, we take pride in making sure that the balance of the game is um, is as, as well as we can make it, and then obviously we react to anything that comes out. So I think we're going to have to look at all those different areas of the game and see how they all interact, and then make be the best decision for for the game and for the players. So yeah, more more detail to follow. I, I'm sure you'll you guys will get the right thing, even though you can't talk about it just now. Yeah, I, I think so. Like I say, it's. Um, We've got a great team, as you guys know, we've got a great team behind it and uh, they'll do their best to, to balance all those numbers and, and, and the way this is going to interact with, with the rest of the game uh, for the benefit of, of everyone. Well, thanks a lot, Adam, for not giving anything away very tightly. <laughs> Thank you very much for everyone that listens to the, the podcast and the, and the radio show and for supporting Frontier as well. It's much, much appreciated. Cheers. Thank okay. you. And thus, with a fond but exhausted farewell, we bid adieu to EGX 2015. I have to thank Eurogamer for letting me come along and cover the event, Frontier for putting on an excellent stand, and finally to the entire gaming community, not just elites, who have been so pleasant to talk with and to be with for the past four days, who have not only tolerated me shoving a microphone in their faces, but also been completely accepting of my utter newbishness at playing Star Wars Battlefront. As always, you can get in touch with us by emailing info at laveradio.com, we're on Twitter at laveradio, as well as Lave Radio on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and until next time, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Two seconds, I'll be right back.